Welcome back to the Mobile Home Investing Lessons Podcast with your host, John Fedro. Tune in weekly, plus listen to past episodes designed to make you money, save you time, and give you confidence as an active mobile home investor. Now, here's your host, John Fedro. Welcome back, guys. You are tuning in live with Mobile Home Lessons, and I am your host, Ken, here live with John. How are you doing, John? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Ken. Um, excellent. Um, this is going to be a really cool talk. We have a lot of things that we're diving into now, if you would, um, and sort of the rabbit hole that we're going to go down for this talk, um, I think is really cool because we've, we've had this sort of thread um, in the past conversations that we've, that we've had together about um, going full-time, uh, making this business work with a full-time job and family. And I think that that sort of translates to being a one-hit wonder in this business, mobile home investing, or being building a successful business, building a successful real estate investing business versus just doing one deal sporadically here and there. Uh, you're shuffling around. You're not sure. Every deal you close, you kind of got to go back to the drawing board to then get another one versus the clarity of owning a business, having a business, having calls come in every single month, making offers every single week, lining up deals weeks or months down the road. Um, and that's when you can close a deal and people ask you, well, how the heck are you doing this? You know, and you're, you're talking to people weeks before that now you're closing and there's a whole method to the madness. But I think that that being those two ends of the spectrum, a one hit wonder versus a successful real estate business owner is ruling. And I, this may sound corny, but to rule your local market, you know, I'm not going to be the, the local expert in your area. You are the person listening to my voice. So ruling your local market, your county, uh, township, parish, and the surrounding counties as well, um, that and to have clarity of who's selling what, what offers you're going to make, the motivation behind people, um, and that's just in your first week of doing business. You know, so um, so with all of that said, you have been able to go full time in this business. You have uh, many deals under your belt, um, and have helped other folks as well um, in the group. So please, um, Ken, give us a uh, sort of your two cents on this whole. Uh, and, I, and, I, and again, today, it's not so much that we're talking about direct uh, tactics, direct tricks, direct deals. It's more the mentality and the mindset that you need to have versus the, mind, you know, the, the mindset of ba like a baby gazelle or the mindset of a lion. And uh, that, may be, <laughs> that may be corny. I just thought of it right now. But, you know, that's sort of what we're talking about. So please, uh, yeah, fill us in on, on some of your uh, wisdom. Right, right. Ruling your market. <laughs> How to dominate, right? 101. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, just, just kind of piggy, piggying back, back off on um, a little discussion we just had previously, I think it, to a certain degree, kind of boils right back down to, uh, to your knowledge of the market, of the business. Um, like you just said, you know, we, we have to know what our home's selling for. What are the rents in that area? How much can we get down? Uh, you know, these are crucial tools that we need to have prior to to buying a home. You know, you don't want to figure this stuff out after you bought a home because then, you know, you have you have repair costs that you have to pay for. And then, you know, we have the um, 
to a certain degree, the dreaded lot rent, <laughs> you know, that you have to, you have to sit on sometimes and, um, you know, pay until we, till we sell a home. So knowing the market well, I would say is one of the first keys to, um, knowing the, uh, or excuse me, ruling your market is, um, knowing the market well in terms of your area, your city or your county, um, your, your local market that you're investing in. You're exactly right. First things first and having a, not just by yourself with regard, well, I think everything that you said, it, that's not a passive activity. You just right. described uh, about a week's worth of work, knowing who your buyers are, who your buyers aren't, what they will do, what they won't do, what they'll pay, what they won't pay, what they want to see, what they don't want to see. And that's just the buyers. Now we have to actually look at, well, who's actually selling mobile homes? investors, brokers, realtors, parks, park owners, park managers, end users, people that are living in the homes, owner occupants on land in parks, uh, on land that have to be moved. Um, and you know, so there's a lot that you have to understand, but to have the, the, the mentality that first things are first and you put one foot in front of the other, there are some there are some things that work amazing with regards to finding sellers and amazing with regards to finding buyers. And then there's other things that you're going to do that are going to have you spinning your wheels, looking for buyers and sellers, attracting buyers and sellers, uh, making offers, repairs, etc. So, ruling your market, you know, people are John. What is ruling? What is ruling your market? I mean, what does that even mean? And from the very beginning, this is not a hobby, this is a business. So one of the first few things that we do is grab a influx, a huge influx of leads. And if you're just starting in real estate or mobile home investing, you can sort of understand, oh, okay, I need to talk to everybody and really understand who's selling what and then make offers to everybody I possibly can versus... Well, I'm, I think that there's a park right down the road. I'm going to stop there and uh, I'm going to buy something. You know, I don't know what I'm going to buy, but I'm going to buy something. So it's the difference between having that mass approach, uh, you know, not only quantity, but also quality of who you're talking to and what you're doing um, versus just wanting to jump out. And I would say be a little foolish, not know your entire market and jump into something. And then, oh, that was a good deal or not or wasn't. And. Um, you know, and then sort of when you're done that, go back to the drawing board. Okay. I'm going to go down to this, another park and make some offers. And so there's really a, uh, the, the, the ruling your market is a mindset and it's also what you do. Um, right. I, I would like to go back just real quick to that dreaded lot rent comment that you made. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, something to be aware of. I think with anything in life, for every negative that something has, there's a positive as well. Whenever we're talking to sellers, they know about that lot rent. They know that they're going to have to pay it next month. You know it as well. And depending on what time of the year, winter time, summer, tax time, fall, autumn, there's different motivations for people. So depending, and again, this, and then this all comes back to not only education, but experience. So the dreaded lot rent, that is definitely something that you know as well can work to our benefit. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I would say that is one of the uh, hugest uh, factors that, that allow us to get just really, really great deals, you know? So yeah, you can kind of flip it on both, both sides of it, you know, because I know the, the majority of my deals, when we have a seller that's ready to leave, they're tired of paying the lot rent, you know, whether they're in there or not, 
Um, you know, that's allowed me to get homes for $5, $500, $1,000, just so we can release that burden of the lot rent from that seller. And of course, going back to us being knowledgeable investors, we factored that uh, lot rent into our deals prior to buying them where, you know, it's not such a heavy burden when you when, when we already factor it in. Exactly. If you didn't understand that or were confused with what uh, Ken just said, go back one minute and listen to that because that was crucial and vital and so important. Uh, and that's just with lot rent. There's many other movable factors that work the exact same way. Um, now, this, uh, I mean, we, we could talk about this for days, ruling your market. I mean, what that entails, the procedures, go here, do this, the mindset of things, um, not only talking the talk, but walking the walk. I think one obvious and maybe, yeah, very obvious, something that everybody should be able to, to wrap, wrap their heads around is obviously we're purchasing mobile homes from sellers. Who those sellers are, well, that's, you know, could be end users, park managers, owners, agents, uh, anybody in between, investors. So let's talk about actually working with sellers um, because we don't... I know in my business, I know for the folks that I help, I know in your business, you do not want to be making one offer here and there. We make offers weekly. We go into appointments weekly. Everybody who we talk to should know where we stand about the offer that we can make, if not the, the offer that we can make. Like, a, well, we want to do this deal. We know your home. We know the park. We know the area. Um, we obviously go into our script and then make offers. Um, but if you, so talking about sellers specifically, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here with, with, with your business, Ken, but we are, I mean, you, you have now offers out to dozen, two dozen sellers that are, you know, sort of over time, they may sell, they may not sell. They may work their way back to you. You're following up with them. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. Always multiple you know, offers out, talking with multiple sellers. Um, sellers, we're not just, you know, talking to one person at a time, of course. To be able to rule your market, the first thing that comes to my mind is massive action, as you said earlier. You know, you have to do things massively, you know, massive calls, massive offers, massive PMs. You know, we're just not trying to uh, be with one person. <laughs> it's hard to say. But um, one thing with with the sellers, you know, I, I read an article and this is something that is kind of really a gold nugget. Um, now, you have to take this within within this context. But the article said that to really find great deals and to, you know, be able to widen the margins that one of our goals should be to find uh, pretty much motivated sellers. If, you know, it's not a, a super aha if you never heard it before, um, but if, if you've made that your goal, and I know within your modules, John, one of the things you speak about more so is uh, finding the high-priority sellers or spending most of our time with the high-priority sellers and the middle-priority sellers um, because these are the sellers where we get our best deals from. So I've um, you know been in the game now for um, you know, a little over two years. I'm able to uh, detect different things when talking with sellers, um, you know, whether or not they're getting ready to ship across the country, got a new job or some drastic event sometimes happen in their life. And, um, you know, those are the times where we're able to step in, um, help that seller out. And at the same time on our end as an investor, get a great deal out of it. 
So we don't want to completely, though, ignore what the home looks like. You know, if the home is not pretty, then, you know, we're going to have a hard time selling it. So you don't want to just get a a, 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 um, a home that's not steadily pleasing for a dollar or whatever you get it for and not be able to sell it. However, we want to get great homes um, at great prices, and those are going to come from the motivated sellers or the high-priority sellers. So if you're able to focus in on and find different ways on actually locating them, then that's one of the keys, in my opinion, to um, being successful in this business. Absolutely, and that's not a – well, it's a part-time thing for sure, but it's not a uh, half-assed approach either. Right. You, you are – making your name well known and the the high priority sellers the motivated sellers they're about 10 percent of the market which sounds like a lot but they will sell to everybody with a pulse that can make them a fair offer so the chances of you finding them being a half-ass investor is limited but if you are doing this you've proven yourself you're rubbing shoulders with people in the business your name does get around and talking to as many people as we talk to it's uh, an analogy about popping popcorn, and you don't just put a pop one one kernel over the fire and then wait for that to pop, and then do another one, and then do another one until you're full. You would never, well, it would take you a long time to get full. So we talk to many sellers, put many kernels over the flame, and then they pop up spur- sporadically. Um, because if we're talking just to one seller, I know me, I have tons of anxiety. Why didn't that seller call me back? Has they, have they sold their home yet? Did they find another investor? Why, do they not like me? You know, should I call back and offer more? So sellers, and uh, Ken, you, you pointed this out, that um, while we're investing, as investors, real mobile home, traditional homes, uh, if you're buying cars or selling cars, as the investor, as the purchaser, in most areas, you have the cookie. You have what the sellers want, and what they want is your money, or they want to be free of this mobile home, or they want to be free of this property. They want to sell their thing for your money. So remember that, that we have the cookie in this business. We certainly don't want to take advantage or hurt anybody or manipulate any situation. However, understanding that as a real estate investor, we are not – and I, I – I don't know if it's maybe the public perception or maybe just what makes it onto the news, but there are so many deals that happen in this country with regards to mobile home investors. When when the bubble had, quote unquote, bubbles were bursting, the the uh, amount of home sales that investors were doing, and I don't have this in front of me and I don't want to say any wrong facts, but blew me away. The fact that we were making, we were moving the market. I mean, we were making things happen. We provide a huge value. So if one seller doesn't want to work with you, you can always make offers. You can always go up in price. It's very hard to go back down in price. And remember, there's always terms. Terms are huge in this business. So you can give the seller closer to what they're asking for better terms. Um, but I, you know, just wanted to touch on that for sure with that comment that you had made earlier with the fact that, you know, we do have the cookie, so to speak in this business. Kenneth, uh, do you have uh, a story a comment question, anything to add along that same vein with regards to, you know, as the investor, we sort of don't need to buy, but sellers, they do eventually need to sell. Correct. Yeah. Just staying with that same thought, John, uh, we have to know that, like you said, I love that analogy. We hold the cookie that the seller wants. Um, I know, particularly as a new investor, many a times we're so excited to do that first deal. You just <laughs> want to get that first deal out of the way. I, 
I've heard that time and time again from different people in the group. I just really want to get that first down. I'm so excited. I can't believe they either backed out or they took somebody else's offer and I didn't get the deal. And, you know, to a certain degree, you work so hard and, you know, you just want to get it out of the way. I understand that, you know, if, if a basketball player never makes a hoop, then can they really be called a basketball player? I don't know. But we have to um, at, at the same time, we have to, like John said, recognize that there are, you know, not as many mobile homes as traditional housing, but there are enough in the market to where if that seller doesn't like your offer, you can just go down the street and offer um, someone else, you know, something that's acceptable for that home, that's acceptable for you and them, and then potentially do a deal. It's better to offer something that you're comfortable doing um, rather than going too high on that first deal um, and then having certain things not go your way because of, um, you know, you're going too high. Um, I always try to tell new investors or just anybody in general, you always want to be as conservative as possible. So, in the event that if things go wrong, um, you, you sort of speak already accounted for it. You know, it's kind of hard to, um, within this business at least, recover from, you know, a home if you spent, just say something crazy like fifteen or $20,000 on the home. You know, if, if homes in that market can't resell for, you know, more, it's kind of hard to rebound from that versus if you if you get a respectable home for, say fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars or whatever is relative to your market, which is a good deal, um, you can always kind of rebound from that, you know, whether it's a little longer um, and you have to pay a little more in lot rent or if there's an unexpected repair that you have to fix or, you know, you never know what's going to come up. You know, sometimes things do come up, sometimes they don't and we love it. But in the event that things do come up, it's always better just to be more conservative so that it's not as a big of a blow when it does happen. What would you say about that, John? Without a doubt, there's a mobile homes are forgiving, and I've I've said that for years. However, they're not miracles. Um, if you purchase and the the three things that it, that you can that are almost gar not guaranteed to happen, but if the the three top things that that hurt investors trying to get into this business where they end up leaving it and having a bad taste in their mouth is that they overpaid, they overimproved the home, or they left a bunch of money on the closing table when they sold it. And I'll even add a fourth one, putting the wrong people into your home, because uh, that can be a dream or that can be a nightmare. Um, but going back to uh, what we were saying before about um, the, the, the overpaying, absolutely. Um, it would, it, it always, uh, I always get a little bit of a charge when, um, people do their first few deals and their first deal, especially, or when I'm helping to, uh, with negotiations and, and likewise you can, uh, you know, the people are very easy to overpay in this business as investors. Um, and it, yeah, I, I think it just comes down to being, um, a little ignorant about mobile homes, but nothing, you know, nothing that anyone's guilty of. It's just the simple fact that we're na naive about things that we don't know yet. And again, if a seller's, if we can get somebody down 50% in what they're asking, we think, oh, that must be a great deal. When in fact, you know, the, the market will dictate what a great deal is or not, um, depending on how you sell, depending on what you have. So, um, and once yeah. again, like you said, it, it comes right back down to your market. Um, that's why I throw, I throw out a number, but then I'll say your market, you know, um, even even within my local area here, I could be on one side of town and a thousand dollars could be a great deal over there, and I can be on another side of town and three thousand dollars would be a great deal there. So it just all depends on your market, 
which once again goes right back to knowing your market well, <laughs> knowing what it sells. I guess we just can't come off of that enough. <laughs> so it just always falls right back to that same point, knowing your market, I guess, and having that um, amount of knowledge to where you can go out as a knowledgeable investor and uh, do deals. We've uh, come full circle, yes. And thank, <laughs> thank you for being here because I know that you have to jet out and uh, close uh, and get another property in your portfolio. So thank you for being here again. Um, it means a lot to everybody, and I know that we, we covered a bunch of stuff. Uh, questions or concerns uh, for me or Ken, feel free to shoot them over. Support at mobilehomeinvesting.net. And thank you again for being here, Ken. Have a great day, everyone. All right. Thank you. Bye. The ideas and advice given in today's episode are for entertainment purposes only. If you have future ideas or questions for upcoming episodes, please email us at support at mobilehomeinvesting.net. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, the biggest compliment you can give is to like and share this podcast with your friends. 